Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. This is our 100th episode and final episode of Season 1, so in honor of making it this far with Birth Mother Matters in Adoption, we thought it would be interesting to take a look back at some of our past episodes. The one topic that's come up the most in these podcasts, other than, of course, the general topic of adoption, is abortion, and that subject was first broached on Episode 3 of the show. Here we go. Might be controversial, but we're going to broach the subject. We're going to go there. Yeah, we're doing it. We're going to go there. I will tell you up front, I have never lost an abortion debate. Ever. 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 Not with anybody. Never. And you've been on TV about this. I have this. been on TV. Okay. I have been on TV. And you can actually go to our campaign's website, which we will give you at the end of this podcast, and you can see it. Okay. As I was stating, I have never lost an abortion debate. And part of that is because I was born seven days prior to Roe v. Wade becoming legal. And it's made such a difference in your life of I'm here. obviously <laughs> yeah. not being aborted, for instance, right. but also being adopted and knowing what that means I to do. a human life. Absolutely. Right. I don't know whether or not my mother would have chosen abortion as the route to go. Again, she didn't know that she was pregnant with me until three weeks before, but I, I think maybe that may have been a little bit of denial and not sure. I mean, she was 15 when she um, became pregnant right? and I just turned 16 when she had me. And that's a little bit of a funny story, actually, that I will share in another podcast. Okay. All I right. can't wait. Yes. All right. So the You Before Me campaign was developed because Busy Phillips had come up with a campaign called You Know Me. This campaign was to let women know that one out of four women, by the time they turned 45, have had an abortion. I couldn't believe the numbers. Right. One in four women. And so what she was doing, the goal of the campaign was to let women know, hey, you're not alone. You know me. I've had one. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I haven't had one. I've known people that have had one. But it's not something that people normally celebrate or it's not something that they look at and they say, hey, I had a cheeseburger today. You know me. Right, right. And so I thought we're desensitizing people to what abortion really is. And we're not sensitizing people to what adoption is and who's the real hero here. It's the birth mothers who are making that choice, who are making that sacrifice, who are living what other people are choosing not to. 
They're taking the nine months and they're going through all of the weight gain and the hormone changes and they're feeling the baby kick inside and they're going through labor and delivery and they're making this unbelievable choice where we've got another person out there who's rallying people to say, hey, you know me, this is what I did. I did the quick and easy fix. Right. And it's not quick and it's not easy. And many people who have had an abortion will say, there are long-term life consequences of it. Absolutely. Lasting impacts that just don't go away when the baby goes away. Right. You know, in the future, I want to have some guests on here that I know personally that have had an abortion. There's a woman who I spoke with and she had one about uh, almost 30 years ago. And she said it's still something she thinks about every day. She said it's, she looks at her two sons and she thinks, is one missing? Should I have done something differently? Would they still be here if I hadn't had an abortion? And so there's so many questions that are left unanswered. As I mentioned, abortion is a recurring theme on this podcast, and probably the hardest episode so far for me to record was episode 16, when I talked about my own experience with abortion. How long after the abortion did you start to feel the effects? It certainly wasn't immediate. Um, I think maybe a couple of years. And then I really started looking back on it and thinking, what have I done? Was it before or after the birth of your son? It's been so long ago. I'm going to say, honestly, it might have been when she was pregnant with my son. That makes sense. That would be a huge trigger. Yeah. And as I had said, she had gone through two abortions. So I guess at the time I just, I, I was so young and very naive, didn't realize the consequences, not just emotionally on me that that's beside the point, but on what I, on what I had. God, I can't even do this here. Hold on. Just take your time. The consequences on the life that was never allowed to be because of the choice I had made. You are so brave Mm. to talk about this because I believe that what you're saying is saving lives. I hope so. I hope somebody will hear this and and go, wait, am I choosing the wrong thing here? Or how will this affect me when I'm 50? You don't have the ability, unfortunately, to go back and change the past. No. But you have the ability to talk to other birth fathers because men, in a lot of instances, would prefer to hear it from another man. And that's what I've been told when I speak with birth fathers. And you have the platform and the opportunity to share because they, there may be birth fathers out there and they're with their pregnant girlfriend, one night stand, some somebody, and they may think, well, abortion is a really quick fix to get out of this. Yeah. It's really something... That, that we can, you know, just put behind us and move on. Yeah. And because you're being courageous and you're able to to share your story, I really do believe that 
if there's a heaven, your baby's looking down, giving you the thumbs up. That one's still hard for me to listen to. We also talked with a set of birth parents on episode 39, and their story was terrifying, breathtaking, and powerful all at the same time. All I seen was money. I didn't care about nothing or nobody until that moment. Me realizing that it was me, that I was the problem with the neighborhood, and that I was the problem with everybody's families, and why all these kids are getting neglected, and why all these kids are finding uh, they're, they're, the women are pregnant and they're coming out. The babies are like drug. They're pretty much high. And I was the source of it, and I just couldn't do it no more. I knew that if I didn't break the cycle somewhere along the line, that it, I would be the source of making society so much worse. And it's like, who am I to make the choices of everybody's life? I'm nobody. Mm-hmm. And it's just, in my mind, it's just wrong in so many ways. You know, before I didn't care. It didn't mean nothing to me. If this girl was high, getting high, while she was pregnant, doing heroin or smoking meth, I didn't care as long as I got money. It meant nothing to me. And you made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And you used to make a lot of money. So what's a lot of money? Like what? Like if you had to Uh, say... 200,000 in a week. So how did you actually... You can't just stop or turn that off. Like you can't... How did you do it? Did you go to rehab? Did you... I just stopped and turned it off all the time. I didn't go nowhere. It was pretty much my daughter being taken and stuff. I didn't go anywhere. That changed a lot of his outlook on a lot of things. Because for months... He tried to get me to go to you moms and everything like that, and I was just stuck in the streets pretty much. And even though I was taking care of my daughter and every, she had everything she needed, she had all her clothes, she had food every night, everything like that, she had a place to sleep. It was just, I was just consumed with the streets too at the same time. In what way? In every way. She lit, like literally, if she seen somebody that was selling drugs, and if she felt like that was the person that was the shining the most in the neighborhood, that's who she liked to attract to. The reason I'm asking you guys these questions is because I'm on the other side. So I've got to learn because I'm trying to help other people. And so if you don't teach me, you're not going to learn this in a book. No, you can't. It's impossibility. I, know. I call it the art of manipulation through heroin, especially when girls are on heroin. And people think that these girls are like hauling for me. But really, they're not. What I'm doing is I'm literally fronting them drugs here because I know they need it. And I'll give them heroin up front, and I'll just keep giving it to them, keep giving it to them. And when they run up a bill, I make them go get it by any means necessary. That means that they got to go and post an ad on, on the Internet and have to sell the crack of their for this. That's what they got to go do, and they go get my money from me. Not because they're because I'm really pimping them. It's because they owe me money, and I'm a drug dealer, and they want more drugs from me. So they'll so go, they go and they, they'll go do anything, whatever is necessary to give me my money. Like I lived a really, really rough life, and the last thing I ever want for any of my kids is to live the life that I live. And I know that this is probably like I, I can't just go and just give my child to anybody and think that they're gonna live a good life. I can go somewhere like this and know for a fact that I could pick a family that's that is gonna do the right thing, and, and I know for a fact that my child's gonna live a good life. I know they're going to be loved. I know they're going to be cared for. I know they're going to be clothed. I know they're going to be housed. I know they're going to get educated. I know they're probably going to go to college. My my two kids that I gave up for adoption right now, um, one of them's in pageants, and the other one they want to put in pageants. My The one I just had, they want to have her put in pageants too. So, You guys are amazing. Thank you. 
I think you guys are amazing. You sit there and you work your whole life and make sure that these children have somewhere good to go and then make sure that the family that's putting the child up is taken care of. That's a beautiful thing to me. I respect you guys in so many ways. Thank you. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to this interview in its entirety. It's episode 39. Adoption in the news has been another reappearing theme throughout the first season of Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, and one of the biggest adoption news stories in Arizona was the case of Paul Peterson, and we first talked about it in episode 15, way back in October of 2019. The Maricopa County assessor and adoption attorney who was arrested this past Tuesday, October 8th, and indicted on 32 counts in Arizona, including conspiracy, fraudulent schemes and practices, theft and forgery. He's facing at least 62 federal and state charges, including charges in Utah and Arkansas. What I find really interesting about this case is this has gone on for what appears to be a few years, and this is now just coming to light. Where I'm really excited to talk to you, Ron, about this is not only to dig into the material that has been released by different media sources, different areas such as court paperwork, other professionals' opinions, Mm -hmm. is really the present and future impact on adoptions, where we as adoption professionals can support the adoption community and any potential backlash or myths or misunderstandings Mm -hmm. that may occur as a result of what Mr. Peterson is being alleged of. Right. And now you take a very optimistic view. You don't think that adoptions are going to decrease, or at least not by and large. And I'm kind of of the same mind. And in a way, I think this may shine a light on the adoption industry to where people go, Adoption. I forgot about adoption. What we know so far from the information that we've gathered Uh is investigators in Arizona found 28 women from the Marshall Islands gave birth in Phoenix area hospitals between November 30th, 2015 and May 30th, 2019, according to the court documents. The women, as they waited as long as six months to deliver their children, lived in a Mesa home owned by Peterson. Eight pregnant women were also found at the residence in Mesa. So that's the starting point. During this three-year period, they were brought here from the Marshall Islands to have their babies, to then have them adopted to uh, families in the United States. Correct. We have also learned from the Department of Public Safety that Mr. Peterson had been involved in adoptions of Marshallese babies since at least 2005. At least, right. That's one thing with Building Arizona Families that I've always stated to all of our workers, as well as the families that adopt through us and our birth mothers, is transparency is vital in adoption. Yeah. Hopefully this will chase out some of the outliers and the bad elements, you know, the bad actors in this. In this, Do you think that there are adoption attorneys and adoption agencies that, due to the light being shown on Peterson's case— might start getting very nervous about their own practices? If they're not on the up and up. Okay. I think adoptive families or families that are considering adoption don't need to be scared. Mm -hmm. I think they need to look at it as a wake-up call in the sense that do your education, do your research, check and see if the agency is licensed, see how long they've held their license, 
Check and see if their license has ever been suspended. Check and see if they hold any other accreditations. Check and see if they're registered with the Better Business Bureau. Check and see who their affiliates are. This is where when you are buying a home or you are even buying a car, you do a lot of research. Right. That's incomparable to, to adding a family member. Right, exactly. It's to not in the same level. Absolutely. Because you're not right. just talking about a monetary expense. You're talking about an emotional expense, mm-hmm. a physical expense because yeah. of the toll it's going to take on you. I mean, adopting a child is going to affect every aspect of your life. Throughout season one of this podcast, we've tried to educate birth parents, adoptive families, and adoptive children on the good, the bad, and the ugly of adoption. We've tried to clear up some of the myths about adoption. We've also tried to highlight news events concerning adoption and abortion and keep the listeners informed, and hopefully we've even entertained somebody along the way. Thank you to all of the listeners for coming along on this ride through season one, and we hope to get even better in season two. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.